Hear our cry, O Lord, our hearts are needy. Guard the lives of those who are faithful. You are our God, have mercy, Lord. We will constantly call upon your name. You, O Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear our prayer and listen to our cry for mercy. There is none like you, O Lord. No deeds compare with yours. Every nation joins in worship of you, each bringing glory to your name. For you are great, your deeds are marvellous, you alone are God. Good morning and a very warm welcome to you to Romford Baptist Church this morning. And it's good to have you there as we come together to worship God together. My name is Ian. I'm one of the ministers of the church here and I will be leading the service. And Vicky, another of our ministers, will be preaching later in the service. Towards the end of the service, we have communion. And if you want to take the moment while we're singing to just get yourself something to eat and drink as we share communion together, that will be brilliant. Our first song this morning is that great song of declaration. We'll raise an alleluia. Hope is defeated. The king is alive. Let's come to that king in prayer. Let us pray together. Our sovereign, loving Lord, we come to you in worship this morning to declare your greatness and your power, your authority over all things. We come, Lord, as you, our sovereign Lord, to bow our knees in worship and adoration and praise. You are the creator, but you are our Lord. You are the one to whom we bow our knees and our whole lives in adoration and in submission. Lord, in this time of worship together this morning, as we proclaim your greatness and we talk of your love, and Lord, as we hear the word preached from the word of God, as we look again at one of our favorite Bible verses, Lord, we pray that we will come and know you better because of our worship with you this morning. And Lord, at this time, as we come to worship you, we come in repentance for the things that have offended you, the times we've not got things right. And Lord, we pray that your hand will be upon our lives and that we will know your forgiveness and your restoration. And so, Lord, as we come to worship, we submit ourselves to all your rule in our lives. Have your way. 
We pray this in the name of our Lord and Saviour, who taught us to say, and maybe in your own homes, you'll say these words with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to sing some words from one of the Psalms, Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd with that chorus. I will trust in you alone. We have uh, a delight now as we have a video that's uh, 26 different people from the church has submitted to as we hear the words of Psalm 136. Thank you to all who took part in this video. Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. To him who alone does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. And brought Israel out from among them. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm to him who divided the red sea asunder and brought israel through the midst of it but swept pharaoh and his army into the red sea to him who led his people through the desert to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as an inheritance. An inheritance to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our low estate. He saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Amen.
Good morning, everybody. Hopefully, by now, you've had a chance to read through um, the notice sheet that would have been emailed out or is coming through your letterboxes um, over this coming week. Join us again tonight at 6 p.m. where we'll be looking at part five of the Bible series. And the Wednesdays at RBC, this Wednesday at 7.45, we'll follow on with that with session five. So please do join along if you can via Zoom and the link is on the notice sheet. Our Tuesday prayer meeting is happening at 8 p.m. via Zoom. And again, the details are on there should you wish to join in. All of the youth and children's activities are on the sheet. Um, just to clarify, though, Creative Church is happening today at 4 p.m. There's a slight discrepancy on the um, information of the date, but it is this afternoon. I've spoken to Hannah. So if you are um, a family with young children and would like to join in, it's 4 o'clock and the meeting ID and post passcodes are on the sheet. So please do um, join along if you can. Last week, we looked at the video of um, what it takes to be a community money advice um, centre, and this is something that RBC is looking to set up. So if you're interested in volunteering, there's some more information on the notice sheet. Um, as we said last week, you don't have to be brilliant at maths or anything like that. You just need to have um, passion to want to help people. And this is an area where there's particular need and there's not enough resources um, lo locally to help people. So if you're interested, please do um, contact Alison just to find out what it's about if you just wanted to make that initial um, inquiry. And her email address is on the notice sheet. So drop her an email and she'd love to hear from you. At the moment, we're not too sure when we're going to be reopening the building. Um, but for those of you that have been here when we were open on a Sunday, you will know that um, one of the reasons why it works so well is because of um, all the hard work of the stewards that um, take place. So um, separately, I do want to say thank you to everybody who has stewarded for me. Um, you've been brilliant. Um, but we are looking for some more people to help steward just so that there's more... Um, we need a lot more people every week anyway because of social distancing. But at the moment, if the building was open, it would be the same people stewarding each week. And we just want to make sure that there's enough people so that people can come and actually take part in the service and enjoy being part of the congregation. So if you would like to um, be a steward, please do contact the church office. As I said, we don't know yet when we're going to reopen, but we're just looking forward and we're just trying to plan ahead. So if stewarding is something you'd like to do, um, everything is done in a COVID-compliant way. Everything is done socially distancing. So it's something that we can do well. So please, if you'd like to get involved, please do contact us. And then finally, um, the back page has um, some information about Parkside. Um, Parkside are looking for some new board members. Um, it explains um, briefly what um, it takes to be a Parkside board member. If you would like to find out more about that, please do um, contact Bern. He'll be able to give you some more information. Um, it's a really important role. Um, Parkside is such a big part of our church. So please do, if you're interested, drop Bern a message and find out some more. Thank you. Thank you, Haley, and thank you to everyone who has been faithfully supporting the church through the giving of money, through the offerings, that which is dropped off at the church, given through the, uh, the online uh, facility on the website of the page you're looking at, also given directly through the banks and the many other ways which people give to the church. Thank you so much. Let's pray and give thanks to God for all our gifts. Lord, we thank you. We don't take for granted 
your provision to us. So Lord, we want to say thank you to you. Each of us wants to thank you, Lord, that today we have food, we have clothing. And Lord, we pray that as we give to you, we will give you of our first fruits, we will give you of our best. And Lord, that our gifts to you will glorify you and bless us and bless those to whom it goes to support. Take our offerings, Lord, take our gifts and use them for your glory. Amen. Our worship group have been working on a few more videos and uh, thanks to Steve particularly as we watch now Psalm 1 to 1, which is the reading for this morning being read to us by the worship group. I lift up my eyes to the hills. I lift up my eyes to the hills. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going. The Lord will watch over your coming and going. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. From this time forth, and even forevermore. And forevermore. Both now and forevermore. Good morning. And as Ian has already said, a huge thank you to everyone who has recorded that from our worship team. And I don't know about you, but it's a psalm that's really familiar to us. And to hear it broken up and repeated and the particular lines emphasised, I really pray that was a fresh awakening of a very familiar psalm to you. As Ian said, my name is Vicky. I'm one of the ministers here. And as I try to do most times when I'm on the stage, I wave my greetings to each of you. And thank you to the many of you who I know wave back to me, even though I can't see you. Psalm 121, a psalm that I have to tell you is one of my favourite psalms, and I was delighted when Barbara chose it as one of her favourite Bible passages. And when we began our Bible series together, we were asked to choose a favourite passage or a favourite verse, and someone in the small group of which I'm a part, they also chose Psalm 121. And I sat there as I was nodding enthusiastically on Zoom as we were sharing together, echoing all that they were saying about it. For Barbara, for, uh, for myself, for uh, the person who'd chosen it in the small group, 
it's obviously up there. Psalm 121 is up there on a favorite list of Bible passages. And I hope that when you've just heard it afresh this afternoon, you too can find that sense of encouragement as we look at it this morning. You too can find that sense of protection and promise as we consider what it says to us today. You too will be reminded of the constancy of God watching over us. And so Psalm 121, the psalm that tells us and reminds us that God was there in the past. Many of you know that our son and his family live in Austria, and they've moved this week from Vienna, where they've been living for a number of years, up into Upper Austria. And they've been sending photos, and I'm not sure if they're sending them to make sure that we knew that they'd safely arrived or to make me really jealous. Because out of every window of their room, they, out of their flat, they can see mountains. The one I had uh, yesterday or the day before had a picture of a coffee mug and a picture of a mountain, my coffee break view. And yes, it was really reminding me of the beauty of creation and how jealous I am that they're living in such a beautiful part of the world and how desperate we are to go and visit them once again. Now, I'm not sure if you're a kind of cup half full person or a cup half empty person, but if I was to ask you and imagine you are there in Upper Austria, perhaps with our family or in, uh, in surrounded at the foothills of a mountain or a long hill, something that's a bit difficult to do perhaps when we're in Romford, and you looked at a path stretching out before you, making its way up a long hill or a mountain, what would you say to yourself? Would you say to yourself, oh wow, the climb ahead is going to be tough? Or would you be saying to yourself, I can't wait to see the views from the top? Maybe if you were one of the ones that can't wait to see the views from the top, you would be singing that well-known song so associated with Austria and the sound of music, Climb Every Mountain. But as the pilgrims hear, as we read in this psalm, the song of ascents, the pilgrims were there at the bottom of the hill, looking up before them, knowing that as they ascended the hill and the climb that was in front of them, they were on their way to Jerusalem. Their journey until this point had been dangerous and potential of um, being uh, caught up by people who wanted to harm them. There could have been troubles along the way. And this last ascent up to Jerusalem still would have held dangers for them. But they knew if they'd come this way before again and again and again for countless years as they made their way to Jerusalem, they knew this was the final ascent. They knew that, yes, the climb would require effort, Yes, there may still be danger on the way, but they could lift their eyes towards Jerusalem. Little wonder then that this psalm starts with those words, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
They were going to Jerusalem, the place where they believed that God dwelt, the place in the temple where God had come down after the temple had been completed and came in and filled the temple with his glory. And they were lifting their eyes to the mountains, to the top of this ascent where they were going towards Jerusalem because they were looking towards their God, the maker of heaven and of earth. They were looking towards God, their protector, their shelter, the source of all, their God. When we are so often in difficulty, what do we do? We lift up our hands and we lift often up our eyes and we cry out to our God. God, where are you? Maybe we lift up our eyes and we cry out to God, you are above all things. I'm turning my eyes to you, my helper, because it is from you my help comes from. You are the maker of heaven and of earth. When we think about the Jews on their way up, the people of Israel on their way up to Jerusalem, we think about uh, their own history, and we've been looking at that in the Bible series, and we can see that as God's chosen people, they could look back in their history and see God's hands at work in their lives and in the lives of the people of Israel, God's chosen people, again and again and again. And because God had been with them in the past, they knew that they could rely on him at this moment in time. He'd watched over them in the past, and they had no reason to believe that he wasn't going to continue to do so. And that message, that message is for us today too. For a moment, or maybe after this service is over, Maybe stop and look back over your life and see where God has been there at work again and again and again. See where he has intervened. See where you have seen his hand at work. See where you have relied on him and he has given you the strength. Because we can give testimony, I am absolutely sure, to these verses in 3 and 4. God will not and has not let our foot slip. Indeed, it says, he who watches over us will not slumber. He hasn't slumbered in the past. He's not going to start slumbering now. It goes on to say, indeed, he who watches Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Our God. Our God continues to watch over us. As the pilgrims climbed their way up towards Jerusalem, as they sang and chanted this psalm, they were proclaiming the God of history, the God who made heaven and earth, the God who was the creator, the God who does not sleep. So as we look backwards, as we think about our past, God's hand at work in our lives, let us give thanks to the God who has been with us in the past, the God who is the maker of heaven and of earth. The God of the past. That's what the psalm reminds us, but it also reminds us, secondly, that God is there in the present. 
In verses 5 and 6, it says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Again, in these verses, we are reminded of the constancy of God. That lovely sense from morning until evening until the next day comes, God is watching over us. There's that lovely sense, isn't there, of of God's care over us. Who, and I know as the snow is falling outside, we might not be able to think about a really hot day, but who on a really hot day wants to go into the shade and just benefit from that respite and the cooling of the temperature? It comes when we go into the shade. That sense of God's care over us, that sense of God's watchfulness, that sense, as we've been reminded of through the Bible series so far, that God's hand has been upon us as it was upon the Israel, the people of Israel. And as we are also reminded through the Bible series of how God sent his Messiah to bring us back into a relationship that we can have with our Father. The psalm reminds us that God is with us here and now, in the present. I love the psalms. And I'm sure that many of you, like me, have turned to them, perhaps in times of despair or in difficulty. We sort them out because we want to be encouraged and we want to hope. We want to be reminded that God understands why we feel like we feel and he still loves us, despite feeling like that. I came across this quote the other day and it really kind of just spoke to me and it says this. It's easy to be grateful and good when you have so much. But take care that you are not a fair-weather friend to God. Say it again. It's easy to be grateful and good when you have so much. But take care that you are not a fair-weather friend to God. So often... We come to prayer and we forget to give him thanks and praise. We come to prayer because we're crying out to him. We come to prayer because things are going wrong or we're praying for a situation or for someone who we love. We come to prayer because we're blaming God or we're doubting God or we're questioning God. Is our faith really so weak that we only come to God when things are going wrong and we fail to praise and believe in God at those times and we only really believe in God when things are going well? Of course it's not. But the, the thing is that sometimes that's how we display our faith to others. If we are continually talking about how negative things are, how difficult things are, how we're struggling with what's going on, If we're always seeming to doubt and to question and to blame, then people around us, particularly people who aren't Christians, will wonder what our faith is all about. If we're not stopping to praise and to give thanks to God, reminding and recognizing of all that he has done and will continue to do, then perhaps we need to stop and think again. One of the things, again, that we've been learning through the Bible series. And can I just say, if you've not yet joined us and you really want to kind of pick up on it, 
do join us this week. I have found it so helpful, and I know many other people have done too, because we've been reminded how the story so far in the Old Testament is helping us in our current situation today. It's helping us to refocus on God. It's helping us to remind us that God is with us still. It's helping to remind us that we can continue to praise him, even at those times when things are difficult. It is so much easier to praise God when things are on the up, when we are at the top of the mountain, so to speak, when the summit maybe is coming closer and we know that we've nearly got there and things will get better or we're coming out of that time of trouble or we've maybe begun to see how the prayers are being answered and and we can get that sense of excitement. But the problem is, my experience of climbing a mountain suggests that you don't just start walking up the hill and you just keep going until you get to the top. But so often, you end up going back down before you carry on up the pathway, or you walk along maybe a ridge or something before you continue your journey up. Our lives are full of ups and downs. And that's why it's really important to have friends and believers to walk alongside us during the ups and during the downs. Our friends and and believers can remind us of God being at work in our lives in the past because they know us well. They can remind us that God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And and they can remind us as we can remind ourselves that God has been with us in the past. And it's that that we need to pull on and into when things are more difficult. Sadly, so often that isn't where our relationship is at. Because if our relationship with God has become one-sided, we're only full of praising God when things are going well, or we've not invested in reading our Bibles or studying or coming to God, then actually we will find it more difficult. And the times when things are rocky, when things perhaps aren't as we would wish them to be. And that is perhaps why we are asking those questions. Are you there, God? Will you help me, God? Do you hear my prayers, God? The psalm reminds us that God watches over us. He is the Lord, our shade at our right hand. He will not let the sun harm us by day nor the moon by night. My small group will recognize this illustration, but in my quiet time earlier this week, I was asked the question, or I was asked to reflect on the question, how do you view the word discipline? Do you view it as a positive word or as a negative word? But of course, it may depend on our upbringing. It may depend on our kind of understanding of what that word means. But in the context that I was being asked to reflect on it, it was about how a father disciplines their child. And as I thought about that word and about the father disciplining a child, I was thinking about how actually it can be a negative word because it can remind me of being told off. It can remind me of being criticized. It can remind me of, of not getting things done in the way that someone would hope. But as I thought more about it, I realized... But it's also a very, very positive word. 
one of the small group uh, members that I was sharing with uh, talked about how it's like another word for habit, isn't it? And so often we associate habits as being negative, but actually we can have really good habits because those really good habits and those really good disciplines help us keep going in our faith even when things feel a bit barren and a bit tough. Disciplines, habits, they do need to be nurtured and developed. And maybe for some of us, we need to develop that habit, that discipline of praising and thanking God. That's why we started our service off this morning with that song, I'll raise a hallelujah. We started off by praising God, declaring God as mighty one, as the God, the King of kings, our God. The God who loves us. The God who was there in the past. The God who is with us in the present. And also, as this psalm reminds us, who will be there in the future too. Now, we know that God doesn't just dwell in the temple in Jerusalem. Because we know from Scripture, he is so much bigger than that. And we also know that they didn't know that we have the eternal hope of things to come. We have the hope of, we can find in Revelation of the new heaven and the new earth, of the promise of being with God once again. We know that we can't pin God down to a particular time or location because he's outside of our comprehension. He's outside of our understanding. But if we look at the ending of this psalm, It says this, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. A few weeks ago, when Giddy was having his sermon assessed as part of his ministerial recognition accreditation process, he reminded us that God has equipped us. He talked about the need to put on the armor of God. How many of you have taken up that challenge in the last few weeks? The armor of God is there, available to us, but do we consciously put it on each and every day? Let's go back to the bottom of the mountain for a moment. If we had a choice about how we were going to get to the top of a mountain, how many of us would choose to maybe go up by cable car or up on a train, or maybe someone could carry us up. And how many of us would choose to walk our way to the top of the mountain? Whichever way we went, we would all get to the same destination, wouldn't we? But the journey we will have had on the way will be very, very different for each one of us. Sometimes it's about the journey that we're on that helps us learn about God. It's sometimes the journey that we're on that helps us build our faith, to help us get our faith deepened along the way. Sometimes it comes back in the sense of our discipline and our habits. If we invest with God along our daily journey with him, as we make our way up perhaps towards the Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, along our life as we go, that hard work, that investment, the, the time that we take to be with God in our daily lives will benefit and bless us rather than necessarily always wanting to take the easiest option. Because I think so often as Christians, we want life to be easy. We almost want things to be handed to us on a proverbial plate. We want to get to the top of that mountain in as easy a way as possible. 
I'm stood in the church. And the seats in front of me are largely empty because you are at home or you're in your own setting, wherever that may be. And maybe while you're watching the service, you're drinking your coffee and you're comfy, maybe watching it in bed or maybe you're texting someone or you maybe even got a telly on at the same time. But actually we're saying, well, we're engaging with church, it's on the screen, but actually our full attention isn't there in the same way as it would be if you were here in the building. Somehow, because of lockdown, our faith and our walk with God has got sidelined. Somehow, we've made it more comfortable. Somehow, we've made it fit around the rest of our lives, rather than having God as central to all that we do. It's when we tuck God away, we sideline him, we don't give him our full attention. We have started the slippery slope back down and our relationship with God has become undisciplined. We are less walking with God but somehow we've left him and only pick him up every so often along our way. As a small child, I couldn't bear to be in the room when the theme tune music came on for Doctor Who, because I knew that within moments of the program started, I would be hiding behind the sofa or a cushion. I would be feeling scared. And maybe today you're feeling scared too, not because there's theme music on, but simply because of your life circumstances. You're fearful perhaps for the future, or you're hurting from the present or the past. You're seeking God for the way ahead. I know that sometimes that happens and sometimes we don't always understand and we do find it hard to trust God when the bottom of our world has fallen out. I know too that all of us are on a different journey. But as we look at this psalm, we are reminded that God has been with us in the past, he is with us now and he will be in the future We need to keep walking with him. This psalm promises to watch over us. This psalm promises to watch over us both now and forevermore. And the invitation from God, whether you know him for yourself or not, and maybe today you can make that new relationship with God for yourself today. But wherever and however long you've been walking with God, please keep lifting your eyes up to him. And trusting in him. He will not let you down. Things may happen, but continue to praise him and thank him. Because it is from him that our help comes. If you were watching last Sunday evening, you will know that the three points that Andrew was using as he was talking about um, exile was God brings peace in the storm God has a purpose through the storms, and God speaks promise beyond the storms. And I know, because we've had a number of people contact us, how helpful people have found that illustration and what it was that he was saying. As we've looked this week in our studies, we've been reminded of how even when Daniel was in exile, he continued to praise God. If you've not watched it, I I encourage you, go back and listen to it. It's on the website. You can listen to it again. 
But God is always with us. He brings us peace in the storm. He has a purpose through the storms. And he speaks promise beyond the storm. We may not know the future, but God does. We may not know what may be round the corner, but God knows. What he wants from us is to trust him. What he wants from us is to keep nurturing our faith. What he wants for us is to praise him because he is the maker of heaven and of earth. And in a moment, after we've sung our next song, we're going to be reminded so evidently of his love for us as we share in the bread and the wine, the broken body and the poured out blood of Jesus because he sent God sent his son to this earth to die for us because his love for us is so enormous. It doesn't matter what we've done. He loves us. And maybe as we sing our next song, as we think about our past or our present or what our future will be, we can be reminded of the love that God has for us in all that we face and in the future that is to come. Amen. Our next song is going to lead us and prepare us for communion. When I survey. And so we come to share in bread and wine, symbols that are simple yet so profound. In the book of Corinthians, as we read the institution of the Lord's Supper, we are encouraged to examine ourselves before we take of bread and wine. So let's just for a moment come before God examining ourselves, ready to meet with him in the communion. Let's be quiet for a moment. Rodney's going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Rodney. Good morning, Romford Baptist Church. It's good to be with you this morning, albeit virtually, to celebrate communion as a body of believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to reflect on all God's goodness to us and the fact that despite our circumstances, he never leaves us and always loves us unconditionally, despite what we have done. We need at this time to focus all our love, worship with thankful hearts to our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And before we pray, I'd like to read Psalm 23 to you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we need to say thank you for that reassuring word as we now pray. 
Let us pray. Thank you, keep, Lord, that you keep us under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. You sustain and support the anxious and the fearful and lift up all who are brought low, that we may rejoice in your comfort, knowing that nothing can separate us from your love in Jesus Christ our Lord. As we now partake in this communion service, we remember all that the Lord Jesus Christ did for each one of us by dying on the cross. The bread representing his broken body given for each one of us and the wine representing the final sacrifice for all our wrongdoing to be put right with God and have life everlasting. We thank you that as we celebrate this communion together, you are with us in our midst as we share together in our homes and in our church. Thank you, Lord, for all your love, hope and peace that through your Holy Spirit you give to us day by day. And as we close, we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, says these words. For I received from the Lord the teaching that I now pass on to you. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my death until I come again. Let's spend a few moments eating the bread and the cup, taking the cup, whatever you have put before yourself for this moment. And as we do so, we're going to have that song about broken vessels. With the body and blood of Christ, and Lord, as we go from this place, from our homes, from wherever we are to whatever the rest of today go, has in store for us, may we know your presence with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we continue in our prayers of intercession as JJ leads us. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, our Lord and our God, you are indeed faithful. We thank you, we praise you, we honour you, adore, exalt and love you for who you are, for what you are. We say thank you, Father, for keeping us safe, for watching over us, for guiding and guarding us, for making way where there is no way, for opening doors that no man can shut. We say thank you, O God, for watching over your word to perform them. You promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us and indeed you have been doing exactly that. So, Lord, we say thank you. This morning, we come before you to bring our prayers to you. We particularly want to lift to you our brothers and sisters who have recently been bereaved. We commit them before you. We ask that you, the balm of Gilead, the lily of the valley, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the rose of Sharon, that you will come and soothe them where it hurts. Provide comfort to them, O God. We ask in the name of Jesus that they will have your assurance that indeed all is well. And Father Lord, we pray, Lord, O oh God, 
for our government. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will continue to strengthen and provide wisdom to them that they may be able to make wise decisions that you have chosen for them to make. We commit those who work in the front lines, our emergency services, oh God, the police, the doctors, the nurses. We commit those who are in the hospital services, such as the porters before you, oh God. We commit also those who work in our local shops in the different cities all over the world, serving us day by day. We commit them individually before you. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will protect them and shield them from the attack of uh, the virus, O oh God. Keep them safe, O oh Lord, we pray. We ask in the name of Jesus, particularly for our ministers, using Ian, Vicky, Jan, and Anna as point of contact, that you will continue to protect them, O oh God, as they minister to your people through your grace that you will provide them, O oh God, all the resources they need to do excellent work, O oh God, that you have called them to do in the name of Jesus. We ask in the name of Jesus that you continue to provide your strength to us all in this moment, O oh God. And Father, for those in, the, in your body who may feel a little weak at this moment, we pray that you will strengthen them. You will provide assurance to them that indeed, you are a God and you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above everything we may hope or ask for, O oh God. We thank you as you continue to guide and guard us, as you continue to give us direction and you continue to reassure us that all will be well. We bless you, Father, as we come before you, O oh God, saying thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, all that you are doing and all that you are yet to do. For we trust that faithful that you are, you will do it. Thank you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bring us in prayer. Thank you for being with us at RBC this morning. And as a family, we have gathered, even though we have been in our own homes. We remember one another with fondness. And maybe this week, it's a day to, you might think, I'm just going to send a message or a Best wishes of encouragement to somebody in the church who comes to your mind right now as a way of being encouraging and still being family and community. Maybe somebody you've not seen for a long while. Somebody who is on your heart or God presses on there. We want to extend our congratulations to Pauline and Kevin Higgins who celebrate their silver wedding anniversary this week. May God give you a great time. And congratulations to you. Our final hymn reminds us that God is great and he is forever faithful. To God be the